speaking oh, well, speaking of that, I'll get it out of the way right now. My cheese stuffed pasta of the week. I didn't realize uh, this is a tortelloni. Have you guys ever heard of a tortelloni? I've I've heard of this before. It's like a a stepchild of a tortellini and a ravioli. Like it's kind of like a little pocket, kind of like a little foldy rolly thing. But Hmm. this is uh, mozzarella and chicken. Mozzarella and chicken in in the pasta mm-hmm. and stuff in the pasta. Wow. The homemade sauce? sauce and um, mm. had a little bit of leftover shredded Monterey Jack cheese. So put that on top. Nice. Very good. What are you What are you eating, Ethan? Oh, are um, you eating your kava? No, not yet. Oh. We, we're still ordering. This is just some a little bit of leftover rice bowl stuff that we make, just like rice and veggies and sriracha and shit like that. Mm hmm. Very good. Just well, a our, snack. Otherwise, our listeners, I'm gonna get our listeners that like to listen to people eat, <laughs> gonna be in for I'll it. Stand, I'll stand away from the microphone. <laughs> I was just I'll trying. I'll try not to it, chew though. too loud. You know. Hey, we're busy. We're busy. This is when we eat dinner. You know, we're busy capitalists. We're we're in the grind. We're cogs in the machine. We don't have much time, but for the listeners, we fit this in for you. You just might have to share time with delicious cheese stuffed pasta. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't like it any more or any less than you. Um, it's just you know, it's got to be there. I mean, if, if you met me in person, you'd see I don't really skip on cheese very often. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah. But well, what Ethan? You got anything to drink tonight? I know Colin does, but yeah, I just had my first sip. It's um still from the March Madness pack. Good and um, so crashing the other, boards. Crashing the boards. Yeah, yeah. other half and short throw again. A collab, and I just had my first sip. Fucking delicious. Yeah, Um, is it sad? I could tell from just like the corner of the label. Like, oh, I know what that is. uh, Sad, but very impressive. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm electing to be more impressed than sad. I I I respect your eye for detail. Well, thank you. That that makes me feel much better. There you go. Your your next box is packed up. I just don't know when to drop it off at FedEx. Mm. but yeah, so the the munchies box for the listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Um, other half has a, I think I just said it, said it last week. The the series of food named beers that they released in the spirit of four twenty. So that is headed down to Ethan with a couple extras, Ooh. A couple surprises. Okay, what we talked about last weekend. Clad Frog is coming to you, but uh, anyway, Ooh. so some, some goofy named beers. Up, but before I go on too much of a tangent, I'll, I'll tell what I've got. I've got um. Prairie, a brewery out of Oklahoma. They've got a, a Noir series, which is their stout series. And I, I saw on the shelf the other day at my bottle shop, Double Vanilla. I've never seen that before. So I mm. uh, I hopped on that. It's like uh, vanilla brownies in a glass. It's delicious. Wow. Too sweet for me, probably. It's not very sweet. It's just got a lot of vanilla. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with brownie flavored beer. That That is one I will do. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not like the sycamore brownies that you sent us, Colin. It's not quite <laughs> that sweet. Brownies. But yeah. those were good. But this is a bourbon barrel aged stout with Madagascar and Tahitian vanilla. Their noir series is kind of their they do a whole different number of variations on this base stout. So they'll they'll age it in red wine barrels, which is actually very good. They'll age it in apple brandy barrels or rum barrels, or like they've got a a, a series where they'll add, you know, vanilla or coffee or coconut to it. So they do a lot based off this really good base. 
uh, which is very impressive how versatile it is. You get a couple breweries will do that where they, they brew a good beer and, and it's a good base for uh, a lot of other things you can do. So nice. definitely happy about this one. It's pretty tasty. But saw you had one too, Colin. What do you got? Yeah, first time I've been drinking in a while. I swear, I've, I, I either had COVID or I had like the closest thing to COVID for those like these last two weeks or whatever, just kicking my butt. But uh, anyway, I'm definitely finally feeling better. I'm drinking an apricot jam. It's uh, apricot kettle sour from Lenny Boy. Uh, I'm on my camera because my my virtual screen is on, so I put it in really front of you. It. Like you got to do like the. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And uh, it's reminded me that I need to make friends with my neighbors down the street. There's a Lenny Boy van in the driveway. So one of them is a Lenny Boy vendor. And no. I only one time have I ever seen them or seen the, the person who does the vending like outside where I could have you know, like made an introduction or whatever, but I think I was on a walk during lunch and I needed to get back for a meeting or something. So I couldn't stop. But like uh, every single time I go by, I never see them outside. And I'm like, I just, I just want to say hi. Like, I'm just imagining you, like you see them and like running down the street. Like, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Yeah. It's not that close. Uh, so I can't like actually look down uh, the street and, and see them, but they are at the, at the other end of the street. So uh, one, one of these days our paths will cross but Lenny Boy's a really cool brewery if you guys come down for more than a day ever that that would be one that we would go to and uh, check the out name. Um, yeah yeah they have they have some really good beers too so this was uh, this was one of Toddy's uh, birthday presents from uh, friends of the pod Devin and Sam Conley oh hey Devin and Sam hey Devin I, I if you're I... listening you um, if you give us a good question for one of the future podcasts, I'm, t- I'm trying to incentivize it. Give us a mailbag question, and as a thank you, I'll bring down some tasty beverages for you at Memorial Day. Wow. Mm. He, if, if he listens to this, he was so mad. They were over this past Friday, I think it was, and we were making pizza, and he's like, how come I've never been on the pod? Because he, he, he saw a beer, the, um, the coffee mug that you gave Toddy out, and he's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, we were going to have him on during the NFL, but then like, we don't really talk football you know, that in depth or whatever. And it just never happened. And I don't want to hear about his fucking Celtics and, and everything. So he can talk about whatever he wants. <sighs> All he likes is Boston sports. I, hey, I don't, hey, 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 Boston hey, 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 you can have Devin on. Yeah, true. And I said Gabrielle because I remembered, not Gabby, Gabrielle. Yes, that's you correct, could, Matt. Good work. Could, she had more knowledge than the three of us knuckleheads smashed together. Yeah, right. Don't, yes. don't, don't. Uh, right. Don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She, she had lots of, lots of excellent knowledge, but, I mean, can she tell you, like, Mickey Mantle's 1956 Triple Crown line? I don't know. I mean, I also disagreed with her thoughts on, on the Rays, but maybe we have her back in the future. So Yeah. <laughs> but yes, Devin should come on. He can talk about Boston sports or whatever he wants. If he talks about Boston sports, we'll just shit on him a bit. You know, that's fine. All right, Devin. Invitation's open, but also do whatever Matt said and you get some beer. So uh, I mean, 
You're going to get beer regardless. It's a spo- spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt's, Matt's going to bring right a fuck ton of beer anyways. Yeah. What a right. fucking mint. Oh, Devin's going to get some beer. Dalvin's going to get some beer. Yeah. I'm going to Dalvin was killing me the other day. Like, he just, he just has like the funniest stories. I mean, you guys know, like, um, he just, such, such a good guy. I can't wait for you guys to get to, to get to hang out again and everything. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to, see you obviously but um yeah it's coming up quick it's like a month away i, know, I mean maybe if, if we're really feeling it maybe i bring my magnum down uh magnum for all of you listeners is a 1.5 liter bottle of beer um sometimes they sell even three liter bottles it's one where it's like i never open it because i don't know if, like i'm never gonna drink it all by myself but it's like a red wine sour ale from a really well-known place in oregon like mm-hmm. that might be the perfect opportunity to drink it i've had it for freaking like eight years that'd be the perfect 100%. time to have it yeah. yeah and if it's terrible uh i'll dump it all over your penn state rocks mm. there we go my new perfect. landscaping just Ruined. kidding i wouldn't i wouldn't do that but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> no right. worries no worries so i have something for the pod tonight Ooh. Uh, wait before you get to your thing all right can you explain to us how regardless of what your schedule is you don't know that it's wednesday okay (laughs) i knew that it was wednesday it just kind of like so all right everybody (laughs) you know that i teach music and uh i recently switched up my schedule so all of my people who like used to be on a certain day are on different days now and i'm still getting used to it and so for whatever reason today like i knew it was wednesday because i went to the correct houses based on my current schedule but like still kind of slipped my mind that it was like Wednesday, Wednesday, and that we record the podcast on Wednesday night. So like eight o'clock rolled around and I can't, did my, did I look at my calendar or did my computer remind me? Something came up about the podcast. Yeah, you might've gotten the notification. Yeah. And I was like, wait, holy shit, we're doing the pod tonight. What is it? And, and (laughs) it's like, oh yeah, it's Wednesday. This, this is usually when we do it. Um, so yeah, my brain is just all over the place, uh, sometimes and is still getting used to the days. So I mean, this isn't based on anything, but I feel like the best, some of the best teachers I had were pretty scatterbrained. So that's a good sign. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Well, and part of it for me too, is I teach, I teach on the weekends too. So only, I only a very small amount, but like, um, you know, I don't have like a set, a super, super set thing, you know, where like five days on two days off or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's how that happened. Although I'll admit (laughs) a little, a little ditzy even for me. Um, but, but yeah. I think because we we had to reschedule the pod a couple times recently. Yeah, we had we had a couple you know? off off weeks. It's, yeah, yeah, I get that. And, and so for whatever reason, it just didn't click that Wednesday. Like we're back on normal schedule, you know. So All right. yeah, so that's what happened. All right, go to your thing. All right, my thing is very brief, um, and I already said it in in our text thread to Colin and Matt. But the podcast listeners need to know um, the first base coach for the St. Louis Cardinals. His name is Stubby Clap. <laughs> Um, S T U B B Y clap C L A P P. This is a real human being who is a coach in the major leagues. Stubby clap. I repeat stubby clap. Um, this is just a really, this is probably the most important thing I've ever said on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Forget about my, my review of Camden yards last week. Forget about all of my conversations about like billionaires and music. Forget all of that. Stubby clap is a person. That's, I mean, come on. It's just, uh, it's the most important thing I've ever learned. So 
Was um, was Stubby involved in today's fisticuffs? He was he was That's ejected. Was so he and Nolan Arenado were the two people who were ejected. Yeah. So for those listening, the reason that this name is now known to many people, and I'm sure I'm not the only one excited about this. I bet if we looked up Stubby Clap on Twitter, I bet you there's uh I bet you there are some tweets. But um so today in the Mets Cardinals game, the benches cleared. Um, and apparently there's been some tension building there the last couple of games. And there have been some people, uh, some hits, bad hit batters and things like this. And the Mets have already gotten hit 19 times this season, which is crazy. But, um, specifically between the Mets and the Cardinals tension has been building. And one of the relievers threw, um, high and inside to, um, to Arenado and he did not like it. And he started yelling and then benches cleared. Um, and it ended up that, uh, that Arenado and Stubby Clap were the, were the two people that got ejected. Yeah, and um, how did how did neither manager or the pitcher that threw the ball not get yeah, checked? Well, okay, oh, but well, so but, this but, is okay, but Michael K tonight was saying the the pitch wasn't actually all that close. It wasn't. It didn't even knock him down. Like yeah, as far Michael as I think, was concerned, saying like yeah, the pitcher right. did not deserve to be ejected. There, right? Yeah. But but given what the situation was and the tension that was building that Ethan alluded to, the intent was there just because he missed. It was a message. Certainly it was a message pitch, but like, I mean, that's a slippery slope. Are we just going to fucking like outlaw high inside pitches? Like that's insane. I'm not saying outlaw high and inside oh, no, I know, pitches. But... I'm saying, I'm saying the intent was clearly there. He yeah. wanted, he wanted to drill Arenado. Yeah. He missed. I don't know that he wanted to drill him. I th- I think he would have, if he wanted to drill him, I think he would have gotten him. If you want to, these guys have good control. If you want to drill them, you throw a fastball and you Burn aim for their, for their back or their butt. Yeah. Like, like it's in the buck talks. I I think that this was just a message pitch and I don't think warnings had been issued yet. I think the warnings were issued after the fact. So yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the pitchers in the clear, I'm curious as to what Arenado and clap did to, to get ejected. They must've said something specific. Yeah. Uh, I just saw, I saw a quick uh, clip of it and I saw Arenado like start to yell. I thought he was yelling at the pitcher. Yeah. He was yelling at the pitcher, but there was nobody even ended up like, punching each other or anything that no, I, I mean saw. they all they all came to the like home plate area but yeah 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 it was a big jump and hug mm-hmm. yeah big jump and hug but you know regardless i am grateful that this happened uh i should send a personal thank you note to that pitcher who threw this high and tight pitch because he got the benches cleared and that is what got stubby clap ejected and that's why i know stubby clap's name so thank you pitcher who threw that pitch to arenado yep and the best part is Mets lost the game and mm. I'm sick already of Mets fans and talking about, Oh, they have this magic. Cause Arenado made a pretty big error the other day when there were two outs in the ninth inning and the Mets were losing two nothing and the game would have been over. Had he just made the out at first and wow. Mets ended up winning that game five to five to two, they scored five runs in the, in the ninth after that. That's a shocker. Out. Cause Arenado is so good. Yeah. Well, and that's what he said after the game. He's like, I think I've earned the right to make an error. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're allowed to fuck up every once in a while when you're like world class for years and years. Yeah. He didn't, he obviously didn't do it on purpose, but like everyone, oh my God, Mets Twitter was going crazy about the mojo and the magic of the Mets. And like, luckily, I haven't seen a whole lot of like show Walter credit because that would make it even worse. But <laughs> oh, do they realize it's gosh. still April? Like, uh, I mean, I mean that's what happens when you're a Mets fan. I mean, well, well, yeah, like, did you guys see the? Did you guys see the Twins walk off? Um, I saw Byron Buxton's mammoth. No, 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 no. The Byron Buxton. Okay, did, 
I think I think that was awesome. the b- baseball he hit that night is still orbiting with oh. like some space. I, I happened to watch it live randomly. I had MLB TV up, and I decided to just check that one out, and and I saw that, and and it was whew, that no, was so one the, of those. The, oh, the, the Twins had a, a walk off. Miguel Sano had a walk off either today or yesterday, where he hit a line drive into the outfield, and the outfielder misplayed it and it hit his glove, and they so they were down by one. And there was two men on base, men on first and second. And it was just the the most insane series of events. Like the runner on second thought the ball was going to be caught. So he only made it as far as third. And they were able to get the ball in quick enough that um, that he rounded third and was held up at third. But the runner at first was trying to go, trying to go first to third, but stopped at second. And then Sano, for some reason, decided he was going to run to second, which forced the runner at second to go to third, which means there was going to be two runners at third. By this time, the White Sox had thrown the ball home. So, like, the Twins were like, oh, shoot, we're going to have two guys at third. We just screwed our chance up. But the the, the White Sox catcher, like, just completely, like, he's had an unnecessary throw. He should have just ran him back. But completely airmailed the third baseman. Oh and there God. was no one in left field, so it just rolled to the wall, and both <laughs> runners scored, and they won. <laughs> Holy It was fuck. just, like, the worst sloppy. I mean, it was almost as bad as the um, – the game last year where the Pirates um, and the Cubs, like the Pirates yeah, first yeah, baseman, yeah. ran the guy back to home. But it was bias, I yeah. think, right? Baez, yeah. yeah. It was almost as bad as that. Like it was just, wow. It was bad. I'll have to find a clip. Yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely worth watching. Also, while we're talking baseball, I got a live question, live podcast listeners from uh, my uncle Jeff. I think I know the answer, but I want to run it by you guys. I said, <laughs> hey, what was the little guy's name that played for the Yanks a couple years ago? parentheses judge's buddy so oh i, I think i know who so, he's talking so, about so is, yeah, it, it's I, I toe, two, right either there's tyler austin who came up with him or there's ronald torres yeah it's tough yeah, so yeah I, I wanted to make sure listeners i know this is thrilling thrilling content but i'm really sure. content <laughs> we're bringing it tonight we're fucking bringing it matt why why you're texting him i just want to say we already knew this, and I've done my share of shitting on central teams, but the American League Central is awful. I was going to oh, say, garbage. White Sox are 7-10 and 10 to start, They awful. and there's a lot of, I mean, it's only April, but like, you know, and they're super talented, so I imagine the White Sox will still do okay, but. Yeah, let's, uh, we could we could um, do some, uh, what, what do they call them, uh, all too early uh, reactions to things, because yeah, like. Right. I mean, obviously the central stinks, and that's that's just that that's a fact. That, I they, mean, if Buxton that, stays healthy and Correa stays healthy, the Twins will have some pop. It's just a matter of pitching. They've no pitching, no pitching. Yeah, yeah and and they're saying the Indians have found more offense than anyone thought they would. But this could be an early season aberration. But their yeah, pitching yeah. is looking vintage Indians. Our sample well, size though is so small. Well, yeah, and the so, Yankees just swept them. But so this is this is this is really interesting that you say this. So when they were playing the Guardians. Uh, Sorry. So thank, you. thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. When they were playing the Guardians the the other day, I was looking at run differentials in the league, and at the time, I think this was Saturday, uh, the the Guardians were one of the only teams in the American League to have a plus twenty or more run differential. Now their run differential is like plus seven. Yeah. Um, you know, on on Wednesday, mm-hmm. the Yankees is like plus eighteen or something. It's it's kind of close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it 
uh, it's the um, the Giants and the Dodgers. They definitely have the highest run differential. Yeah, in baseball right now. Their their pitching stabs, their, their runs allowed are just insane right now. Yeah, okay. but overall, and and I think this goes to the trend of like offense really taking a beating here in April. Like the run, run differentials in baseball are either in the negatives or they're like really low, like plus three, mm-hmm. plus five, you know, something like that for pretty much everybody. And really? that's, that's gotta be concerning. And like, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do with this ball. Cause it's clearly dead. Somebody, I was telling Tim that somebody put together a, a mashup of Donaldson on Friday night, hit a ball that had the same exit below and the same launch angle as a ball that Correa hit back in 2019. And Correa's ball went like 447 feet for an obvious home run. And Donaldson ball, his ball didn't even make it to the warning track or something. Oh. like that. Okay. Uh, th- there's, there's more to that though. Cause, cause air temperature and location, you know, air temperature and humidity are going to have an effect. Right. How so much of an effect winds. though? How much of an effect? And so our prevailing winds. I just I don't know that it was a hurricane in the Bronx on Friday night, you know, where like <laughs> you know, knocking knocking the ball down to it's the ball should have went out, you know, yeah, is, is the no, point. That, that's it have point, gone four hundred and forty seven feet or whatever, like that that's yeah. to your point, Matt, but the it, winds would have to be really strong to take yeah. something that was four hundred and forty seven feet a couple of years ago to not even the warning track this year. Right, the warning tr- or the yeah, the wind would have had to be really, really strong. I think. Well, I mean, I think that's part of going back to the Mets and Cardinals. That's something that Donald, or excuse me, Alonso, has been really, really, and he, he's full of conspiracy theories. We know that, but um, <laughs> he's been talking about that about the the finish on the ball, for lack of a better word, causing grip issues. Um, there's nothing and, on it, right? Yeah. And, and the players have even mentioned like, well, they say that the new, the new ball that they're using now doesn't take the mud as well as the old balls do, did. And, and they're talking about certain pitchers have even brought up that like, Hey, during the game, they mix in surplus leftover balls from previous years. And then they can tell there's a difference between the new balls and the old balls. Um, so I don't, again, I don't know if this is like tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy stuff, but um <laughs> You know, there's definitely a lot of chatter among the players about kind of the state of things, which let's give ourselves that and say, okay, the MLB is all powerful and doing these things on purpose. Um, it's it's so absolutely contrary to what they need to be doing. Like, yeah. if anything, right? They would they would want pit, they would want the balls to be like they were three years ago, where you like you you know sneeze the check swing and it would go. 435 feet to left center. So the only thing I can think of is that they were so worried about offenses going crazy during this first month and, you know, like having the lockout in the, in the short, you know, amount of time for pitchers and everything. And they were like, all right, let's deaden the ball a little bit. So we don't, we're not like, you know, blowing through all 15 pitchers that are on the roster with the expanded rosters, which will, uh, by the time we record decks, uh, be, be back to normal. But, uh, that was, that was the only thing I could think of from like, okay, why, why would they even consider doing this? Cause like, to your point, Matt, they offense, I mean, maybe not as many home runs and the, the three true outcomes, like let's get a little bit more, you know, singles and, uh, triples and uh, Torres hit a triple the, the yesterday. Yeah. I think it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, so, 
but I, I was just like, maybe they just didn't want to blow the arms of all the pitchers and everything. And they just took it too far. And I mean, obviously they can at any point, just like they did with the sticky stuff last year. I mean, how many no hitters were, were thrown before June and then <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they clamped down on that and that, I mean, pitchers were still dominating, but not quite at the same extent. And like they could change the ball and, and it may not be 2019 where I had 34 home runs like Joe Posnanski did, but um, yeah, right. you know, it, 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 it could bring a little bit more pop. I mean, Rizzo, it, it seems immune to it, although he, his, his balls are like just barely making it out of the short porch in Yankee stadium. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that the, the league leader in home runs right now has eight and we're at the month of, or we're at the end of the month in, of April. I know it started a little bit late, but eight home runs for the, the league leader. Like I, I think it's been a long time since the league leader had less than double digits. Rizzo and, has uh, there's more a home few days. Than, left, but. Well, Rizzo has as many home runs now as all of the Orioles. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> with, with, Is that with, real? San, with Santander's home run tonight, he had, they have eight now. Is Jesus that real? Christ. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. So the Orioles collectively are worth one Rizzo. And the Orioles hit what? Like three homers themselves yesterday, right? Uh, wasn't At least one? two. Uh, the, the one off of Sevy, the one off of uh, Um oh, yeah. That was a bomb. Uh, so at least two. Well, it's kind of like the only, you know, the only big hit we had the night that Ethan and I saw him in person was Mullen's bomb. That was yeah, it. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. It, I, I don't know. I think you're right, Con. I mean, again, we, like we talked about last week, there's, there's tolerances they set up, but if they can control within those tolerances, they can effectively, you know, change the outcome or change the, the behavior of the ball and still hide behind the fact that the ball is legal within the set tolerances that we have for our manufacturers. <laughs> like, I, I imagine in the NFL, if they said, if we go back to the plate gate and said, okay, well, it can be deflated or inflated anywhere between what I'm making up numbers here, 13 and 16 pounds, like, you know, if they had, if they, if you set the tolerance that wide, then you have all sorts of different outcomes, and you're going to have teams exploit that as best they can. So I don't know. Yep. Um, I agree. Stubby clap. Hey, look at that! Riz, or Gallo must have hit a home run. Yeah, I was just thinking that it must have been another one. Really? All right. Maybe he's waking up. Maybe he's going to fucking figure some shit out. His yep. homer yesterday was to the opposite field. I know. I saw so, what that kudos to Yankees fans. I will say as much as, as much as they've been crapping on Gallo, kudos to Yankees fans to at least there was a there was a Joey cheer. Yeah. What the at bat following his home run. Joey. Joey. Yeah. Like yeah. I think they realize it, 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 as much I'm I'm one of those people that craps on Gallo. Not not saying like I've been a very, very harsh critic of his, but yeah. uh, if he does well and has a 35 homer traditional, you know, bats 225, hits 35 homers and has a 900 OPS type season, that is good for the Yankees. Well, of course. He just has to do that. But here's the thing, though, about that, right? Is like, and this is why I was excited about the trade last season. And I'm, we have podcast evidence of this. And I've, <laughs> but I mean, I've also shat on him too because he has been atrocious since he joined the Yankees. But Matt, you're obviously exactly right. But not only that, he was he was a 40 home run guy for a few years in Texas, I think, right? Yep. So, like, one of the things about getting somebody like Gallo in Yankee Stadium 
is he could be a 50 home run guy if he can get back to his usual self because of that yep. fucking short porch we we're just talking yep. about 314 down the corner anthony rizzo three homers right eight homers Two leading majors. Yeah. like like come on like joey gallo is is obviously you know a couple orders of magnitude higher in terms of his his skills as a power hitter than than like anthony rizzo so if gallo can figure his shit out he's a legit 50 homer guy at yankee stadium i i think uh possible you know that possibility right um so if he figures his shit out that's huge for the yankees yeah. right i mean that that would be fucking huge so he's he's just got to do it mm-hmm. you know but he might be one of those guys it's hard to say right we've had a half a season worth now and we we had this whole debate last time right sample <laughs> sizes right so we've had a whole half a season and he's been really really bad two home runs in the last two days notwithstanding he's been really really bad um so you know, we'll see. I mean, it's only April. He's got a whole season ahead of him. Like, there's time. There's absolutely time to to bounce back. So, Speak- and I'm certainly hoping for that. Speaking of last week's conversation, it did pop in my head. <laughs> Ryu wasn't bad all of last year because I didn't I say he was him, bad all of last year. Well, you said like second after half, the he wasn't, break, right? he wasn't bad the entire second half because when we saw him in Yankee Stadium on Labor Day, he shut the Yankees down in less than a three hour game. So, uh, it was that was that was bad. That was a bad day. <laughs> And he made the Yankees look silly. So that was probably his only good start. But but by your logic, what does that do to the trend? It doesn't do anything. <laughs> My trend is a long-term trend. Your trend is six games. Yeah, but six games for a hitter is is what the equivalent for a pitcher? Mm. 36? No. 30. Pitchers... Well, it depends on it depends on what type of pitcher it is. How many thirty games for a starting throwing. pitcher? No, no, it's no. it's not. Anyway, that. let's move on to the next topic. Um, I have I'm right, topic. and I don't want to go down this path with you. Oh so. my god! Yeah, let's let's go. Um, so we have two milestones to celebrate. G. Uh, yep, Miggy Cabrera got three thousand hits, and G as of today has three hundred and fifty homers. Uh, G being John Carlos Stanton, and he's one of the. 10 fastest i think i saw i saw a stat earlier he was number in terms seven of his age he's number seven seventh fastest in terms of age um to 350 homers um so Do you remember who number cool. one was on that list it was mark mcguire 1997 <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah uh i remember number one i remember a rod was i think three a rod was in there uh um, number six yeah harman killebrew was in there and um Juan Gonzalez was like two or three. Oh, wow. Juan Gon was like Ooh. two or three. Steroid era, baby. Oh, yep, yep. Fucking you know him and, and Juan Gon. You know him and Bernie were best friends growing up. No shit. They're from the really? same. Yeah, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, I was reading uh, Chumps for Champ, Chump, Chumps to Champs, uh, a book about like the the really bad Yankee teams in the early, and uh, him and they at least like used to go to camps together back in the Puerto Rico circuit. Like that's really cool. Um, I, I, yeah. But, but like Bernie asked when, when the Yankees, the Yankees br- moved him up to Connecticut or something to like acclimate him to America and to like train him more and help him learn better English and things like that. And he asked if he could bring a friend and that friend was Juan gone and the Yankees oh, said, wow. no. Uh, and so it could have been it could have been Bernie in, in center and Juan gone in, in right instead of O'Neill or something like that. Yeah, or Juan gone in left and Paulie in right, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and oh, they always platooned in left during those years, so that could yeah. that could have worked. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Uh, but then we would have wor- missed out on the wonders of Chad, Chad Curtis. Curtis. Yeah, Chad Shane Curtis, Spencer. baby. And Shane Spencer. Uh-huh. 
Ricky Leday. Fuck else played Ricky Leday. Mm-hmm. That is a name I have not heard or thought of. Daryl Strawberry. Daryl, of course. Juan Rivera. Juan Rivera was the best prospect. Juan Rivera. I remember he was a <laughs> huge prospect. Yep. Wow, this is bringing back some no, huge no, no, childhood actually, memories. Actually, sorry, sorry. It's Ruben. Ruben, yes. but wasn't there? There was a Juan was Rivera a Juan. who was, was a big a prospect yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, but Ruben yeah. is the is the big prospect. Ruben yes. was a big, or was it Ruben Rivera? Because there was also yeah. Ruben Sierra. No, no, it was no, no. Yeah. Ruben Sierra was, was a DH. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ruben big Rivera was the prospect, hard. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yep, yep. Ruben Rivera and uh, Gerald Williams. Yeah. Um, so uh, hey, everybody, every listener here, you know, you can't go to any other podcast and get into the weeds of 1990s New York Yankees rosters. I mean, oh yeah, like very specific, a very a very specific window of time, like 1993 to 2000 New York Yankees rosters and prospects. That's I think Juan really- Rivera was probably like 2002. So okay, stretch fine. It a couple. All right, sure, sure. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was excited about Miggy. I honestly could care less about the whole Aaron Boone intentionally walking him. I don't know if you guys want to talk about it that or whatever. But oh, okay. If you don't care, then we don't need to. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't care. I, I A friend of the podcast, Joe Podzanski, wrote an article about how that's bad for baseball. I actually, I do want to talk. Yeah, I do want to talk a little bit about it. But, yeah, you continue first. No, go ahead. I, I, I don't care. I, yeah. I, think, I think it doesn't matter what we think as fans. Manager, it, and this is not something new either. Like, a, a, lot of, a lot of the media tries to make it out to be, like, all of a sudden baseball people don't care about the fans. Guess what? Baseball people never cared about the fans. Nobody in sports cares about the fans. They want to do what they think is best for winning. That's it. Right. That's it. So, and this is what I want to talk about, actually. So, so for me, it's not even about this specific intentional walk, but it's about intentional walks in general. And Joe Paz has written about this a lot, and I happen to agree with him. As you guys know, I agree with him on pretty much everything. Um, I think intentional walks are a fucking crime against humanity and and should be illegal. Um, they're so anti-competitive and there are so many amazing dramatic matchups in baseball that are taken away because of the intentional walk. And as we know, as we have discussed endlessly on this very podcast, baseball is in desperate need of, of life, of energy, of relevance. Now we have mostly talked about it in terms of pace of play, which I do think is the most important thing, pace of play and overall action within the game. However, intentional walks are a big deal. Right. Imagine, imagine some uh, uh, scenario where you have like Clayton. Well, maybe not Clayton Kershaw because he's washed up now. Um, no way, Otani. Okay. Uh, well, but I was going to use Trout as the batter. Okay, but we can use Otani. Imagine you've got Otani pitching. Really exciting. You got Otani pitching, and maybe you're it's against the Blue Jays and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is coming up, and there's guys on second and third, and there's one out, and first base is open. And they're going to walk Vladdy Guerrero Jr. That fucking sucks. That is horrible. Imagine how exciting, how tense, how suspenseful it would be for for baseball fans. How awesome it would be to have Otani and Vladdy Guerrero Jr. facing each other down in a real at bat with guys on second and third and one out. Like that's the shit baseball needs. We need these dramatic, awesome moments. The intentional walk is a fucking travesty. It needs to go away. Um, I hate it. I despise it. I despise it. Do you think I'm, I'm literally curious about this. I'm not just asking it to be a dick. 
that okay. same scenario in April, does it does it really carry the relevance that that you're talking about? I mean, uh, yeah, October, um, you know, ALCS or something like that in that scenario, because obviously it's not going to be the World Series, but. Uh, you know, that that's a different animal, right? Like you want to see that matchup, especially if it's Vladdy hitting like he has been and, and Otani pitching like he has been. But an April game on a Tuesday night, like it's does fair, that really add any excitement to baseball? I, I don't know. Like, I think it's that's a fair question. To me, it's still worth it. Yes, because baseball is a marathon. It's a long ass season. And if you want people to be interested like they have to be interested in all of the superstars, quote unquote, as such as they are, and they have to want to see them play. And even in April, it would be really fun to see Shohei Otani face Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Like, like, I don't know. And, and yeah, obviously but, you know, in April, Shohei Otani just may decide that he needs to manage his load because it's early I knew in the season, that you were going to do this. And a game's this. not going to matter. So you I may knew just, you were just, may just take a couple plays off. So I never said that about pitchers. Thank you very much. I meant it. Pitchers only. Well, Otani's different. Well, though he's he's just DHing. So pitchers, it's way different. They're pitching every five days. They should give it their all every five days. I was talking about the guys who are out there every single day, running around every single day. Otani's a DH and a pitcher. He got no excuse. He needs to be given 100% every pitch, every at bat. The guys who are running around constantly and are playing 140, 150 games a year, they are allowed to maybe run 80% on a routine ground ball or on a routine fly ball. In this case, good try though, Matt. Have I gotten that <laughs> transparent? Like, oh man. I mean, I knew you were going to go there. I could tell. I as could soon tell. as you started saying it's a marathon, I was like, my, like my ears perked up like, <laughs> oh man, like, okay, where do I fit in this? Fit yes. This in? Yeah. I knew it was coming, but no, Colin, Colin, your, your question I think was fair, but I also think that like, I still think it's worth it. I don't, we can't depend on October for excitement in baseball. We need to be excited about baseball all year long. And it can't just be diehard fans like us who are excited all year long. Because sure. we're excited about baseball even when it sucks, which it sucks right now. And it has sucked mm-hmm. for years, right? We are still excited about it. It needs to be exciting on a, on a broader scale, on a more accessible scale. And yeah. one of the ways you do that is by having this happen, right? Think, uh, I'm, obviously, I don't know nearly as much about the NBA and the NFL as you guys do. But let's just, let's just pick a random uh, uh, scenario here. Let's just pick the NBA. Say the, the, the Lakers are going to go and play... Um, I don't know what the Sixers who's LeBron going to line up against. He's going to line up against some superstar on the Sixers, whether it's James Harden or the other guy that they just got Simmons or whatever. Simmons is gone, but okay. Oh, he's the one who got traded. Yeah. Okay. But you get my point when you go and you watch an NBA game, you're going to see LeBron matching up against some fucking stud on the other team. And they are going to be going at each other all game long. And that is exciting. That is fun to watch. It doesn't matter whether it's the beginning of the season or the playoffs. Okay. I have to stop you though. Cause, cause this was, this is actually something that happened. That was a big controversy in the NBA. Cause if they'd have back-to-back nights, if for some reason there was a schedule, like you've heard the term load management, right? Yeah. They would actually. There were times where they'd be like, "Nope, LeBron's not playing tonight for load management." Like, like you're gonna like he's not, well. LeBron's old point, now, is like, so that's fair. I think. Yeah, LeBron's he's like not going to match up against it because they're they're resting now. Uh, I think it's, the, 
let's let's give credit to where this actually came from. It was San Antonio, and it was Kawhi Leonard. No, so. I, you, let me finish. I was going to say, yeah, it was Popovich, and and he could do whatever the hell he wants because I think he's one of the best coaches in the league, but uh, and of our lifetimes. But you yeah, know. but the point, but but even with that example, right? LeBron is like thirty-seven years old and has an insane amount of miles on him as 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 a basketball player and as like the greatest basketball player of all time and like all of these playoff series like the amount of minutes that he has put in on a basketball court is truly insane and he's in his upper thirties. Him getting a game off to rest is so different from an intentional walk. So different. They're these these are these are apples and oranges, right? Like it's one thing if uh, uh, if Vlad Guerrero Jr. is out for the game, okay, fine. But an intentional walk, uh, it's it's just it's fuck it's fucking terrible. No, and no it's you, bad you're for onto something there. I think an intentional walk is much closer to like a hack a shack, like yeah. like oh, we don't want to like just follow them. Like, yeah, it's terrible. You know. It's terrible for the game. Now, Colin, what he said before though is right, Colin. Like what you said is that sports at the end of the day, yeah, maybe they care about the fans a little bit, but mostly. They're just going to do whatever they need to do to keep making money, and the athletes and the coaches are going to do whatever they need to do to win. Well, yeah, um, Boone isn't paid based on the Yankees' attendance numbers. He's paid. Yeah. he's paid based on exactly, exactly winning games. But so. but that said, that said, getting rid of the intentional walk would be really, really easy to do, and would not. It would. It's it's so easy to do, but it would make such a positive difference in the game. Well, what um, what if you think they did this? What if you think they said no intentional walks in the playoffs? I mean that's a star. That's cool, but but it, it just needs to go it, away. It just needs yeah. to go away in general. Like like it's such a cop out. It's like look, what other sport, what other field of life can you just cop out like that? Well, it's okay, like oh here's but, here's the really good person. I'm not even going to try to face but them. Then what what like what stops like you know Boone saying walk this guy and like you know Severino getting up there and just going. And just throwing outside pitches or really high pitches. Yeah, I've thought about that. That's true. Yes, fifty footers that that hit and roll. You know, roll across the plate to Higgy. Like, yeah, that's true. That that could still avoid that. They they could still do that, and and there are there's they probably would do that sometimes. I would like to think that if the intentional walk were illegal, that that wouldn't happen every single time. I think that you're right. Probably sometimes people would just still do it. They just have to throw the four pitches and they would just throw bad pitches. But like, I still think that's worth it because trying to throw bad pitches for these guys doesn't always work out. They might accidentally get one in the zone or they might accidentally throw it away and it goes past the catcher and then the runners move, somebody scores, whatever. Um, So, you know, whereas now... Or before, even beforehand, right, where the pe- the catcher would just stand up and you just kind of throw it to the catcher standing up. Now they just say it, right, and the batter goes to first base. Making them actually throw the four pitches, I mean, yeah, you're right. But, like, I, th- I think that that still is an improvement. And, and, you know, it's not a guarantee. If you have to actually throw the pitches, either these guys are so used to trying to get the zone, I think trying to just throw, like, really obvious balls might not be as easy as as one would think and they might fuck that up and then that's and then that's bad regardless it's so anti-competitive it's terrible it's terrible for the game um all of these amazing matchups that could be happening don't happen and that's just really depressing well cat agrees yes i i have three things to say i was just gonna say shout out to the podcast yep podcast uh my second thing was that ethan you asked in what other context of life could you just like give up on something i say i say this to toddy all the time ghosting 
in 2022 is a real thing. There are people on social media who show that they have like thousands of emails or like 400 something unread texts. And they're like, I'm a bad texter. I can't get back to people. I can't communicate, blah, blah, blah. True, and everything. True. And I'm like, Oh my God. Anyway, um, that's baseball, true. baseball, maybe, I, I don't know, subliminally helped, uh, make that a societal thing. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but, um, the one thing I was thinking of, so I asked like the extreme opposite, but I could see where the the benefit of having a Vladdy Otani matchup and 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 not having an option to get out of it outside of like, okay, you're gonna ask Otani to be like super careful and try to throw balls, but if he misses a spot, Vladdy's probably gonna hit it 450 feet or something like that the benefit of that situation is scoreboard watching, right? Like, all right, it happens in April. Maybe it doesn't have the impact that it would in October, but these guys are going to match up again at some point in the season. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, Otani got him this time in a big moment, but maybe Vladdy will get him the next time. He's going to remember that these guys remember this shit. yeah. Yeah. They remember this shit. Yeah, like fucking, we were talking about that Twins walk-off. Matt told talked about his, and I mentioned the Buxton one. That was off of Liam Hendricks for the White Sox, who's an amazing closer. Like, you know, and this was a 469-foot bomb. It was one of the best homers I've seen in, in recent years. It was amazing. Uh, both of those guys are going to fucking remember it. And you yeah. know, the next time Hendrick and they're, they're both, they're in the same division. They're, yeah, they're going to play each other, each other a lot times of times. Yeah. You know, the next time Hendricks faces Buxton, he's going to fucking remember that because he, he feels humiliated. He feels shitty about giving up that fucking bomb. That's exciting. That's cool. Buxton's going to remember, right? So who knows what's going to happen? Maybe Hendricks throws at Buxton. Hendricks has a different approach, whatever, but they're both going to know it. And that's cool. That's fun. And we don't get to have that shit because of the intentional walk in, in, in many cases. Okay. Yeah. One quick shout out to uncle Jeff again. Uh, the reason he wanted to know is because he wanted to send me a picture of <laughs> oh. Torres wearing judge's Jersey. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I have never seen this before. And it's amazing. Amazing. So it looks like a smock on Torres and <laughs> judge yep. wearing Torres's Jersey looks like he's wearing a tight fitted um... t-shirt. Let's talk about their measurements real quick. So we know that Judge is listed officially as 6'7 and 282 pounds. Um, Torres is listed as 5'8, which is my height. Uh, like the average height for an adult man in America, 5'8. That's Torres. And um, does it have his weight? Is he one half of a judge? Like 155, 5'8, <laughs> five, eight, five, eight, 155, and then 6'7, 282. Okay, so literally. I'm only a little bit lighter than Torres. Okay, so everybody who knows me, picture me. That's Ronald Torres next to Aaron Judge, who's 6'7", 282. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, love it. Shout out. Sorry for all those who are just listening to the podcast and didn't get to see the picture I just showed, but uh, it was it was well worth it. Um, Google Torres yeah, yeah. Judge jersey swap. It was yeah, yeah, or even just like Judge Torres and just look at photos because they were buddies. Like just look at pictures yeah. of them together. I, yeah, I do hilarious. miss the Toe Night show as dumb as yeah, that was. I miss yeah. that. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, yeah, I miss that a lot. Yeah, the 2017 team was so much fun, and it's so crazy to think that that was five seasons ago. Insane. <laughs> Fucking insane. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> We got anything else on the docket that we got to cover tonight? What else we got? Oh, come on. There's one other big, big thing that came out yesterday. Come on, guys. Oh, my God. Baseball related or no? The Yankee Yankee letter. The letter. 
The latter There's nothing league. new in it. Wait, what is this? The latter I league. I didn't hear about this. The Yankees cheated. We already knew this. Oh, okay. Um, so, so a, a bunch of sore losers from DraftKings sued Major League Baseball in a class action lawsuit about the cheating scandal um, that happened with the Astros, but also with other teams. Yeah. And the allegations against the Yankees um, were kept in a sealed letter and never released. Whereas, and, and I think this is fairly unfair, the, the Red Sox and the, the Astros had their allegations kind of publicly aired. The Yankees' mm-hmm. allegations stayed stayed hidden. Now, not to minimize it, because the Yankees still cheated. Um, so I will, I will say that to, to start. The Yankees cheated similarly to other teams cheating. But what yes, I thought, can, what I took... Can, can I just jump in? Jeff Passan basically laid it out and said that the way that the Yankees cheated was the way that everybody else in major league baseball was cheating at the time. So it was not. Yeah. The Astros were. I'm not going to whitewash it though. They were cheating. They were using the video room and signal callers in the bullpen. I'm I'm just trying to lay, I'm just trying to lay the context out that like cheating is rampant in major league baseball. But they were using the bullpen phone to relay signals to the dugout. And that's why the fine was improper use of the bullpen phone. Uh, and that's why the Yankees are sticking behind that. Although, um, but but I guess what I take away more than this, and we've already talked about how much Ron Manfred is a clown. Yeah. But literally, the day was it before or after that letter was written, he was publicly everywhere saying the exact opposite. So I don't know if either that that like do the Yankees have like a, a stranglehold on his like nuts. Or, yeah, so, sorry. Maybe Mom. Randy um, Levine has like blackmailed him or something. Yeah, or or is he just that much of a clown? I don't know. Um, but like, it just to me, it, to to me, the, it looked worse for Manfred than it did for the Yankees. And again, I'm saying this completely as a Yankees fan. The Yankees cheated. Um, it's still bad. It's you know it. But yeah, I'm not I'm not whitewashing that the Yankees cheated. Well, um, and the but, reason that the reason it looks worse for for Manfred is because so this was 2015, right? I think yeah. 2014, 15, or something like that. And 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 the other point that Passan makes is if Manfred had just come down harder on you know either the Yankees or the Red Sox or any of the other 29 teams or whatever that that were cheating in the same way maybe the Astros thing doesn't happen, Yeah, you know? Right. And, uh, and instead, you know, the, the Red Sox got their slap on the wrist, got their warning. Uh, and then, uh, you know, nothing happened with the Yankees obviously. And, and then the Astros just took it to a whole new level. And here we are today trying to sift through who cheated worse, <laughs> you yeah. know, and like, it, it's just like, I'm just so numb to it now. Uh, I don't, I don't now, know. Now this might be a little too much. The truth is out there. X-Files bullshit, but um, <laughs> cheating seems to follow Carlos. Carlos Beltran. Beltran. And, and, and what's, what's weird about this. And, and, and I, I don't know that, that, that is me. That is correlation, not causation. That is completely an unfounded Matt, just seeing a, uh, a trend Finality. statement, yeah. but I do remember when the Yankees signed Beltron, Michael Kay and the guys in the booth talking about how great he was in the clubhouse for all of the intelligence he brings and all of the help he brings in terms of 
you know, reading tipping pictures. <laughs> wow. And like, it, it like, again, that could be true, but it's just, it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's very damning looking back at it with 2020 vision. I don't know if it's yeah. true. And, and I don't want to just condemn Carlos yeah. immediately, but it is, it is, um, it's multiple points to make a coincidence there that may or may not be true. And right. I hate, I'm, I don't want to just, I don't want to be like him, like Tucker and just ask yeah. questions. Yeah. I said, Tucker, you want to just yeah. ask questions there and throw it out there. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it is one of those things where it's like, I, I hope it's not the case, Carlos, but yeah. I can see I can see the point that you're making, Matt. I'm never going to be the person to slam Carlos, um, especially after seeing what happened to Alex Cora in this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, and AJ Hinch. Yeah. Well, well, but but Hinch Hinch lost his job. You know. Yeah, but then he got a new job. Yeah, which is which is. Oh, fine. but you said Cora got his his job back. Like Cora, job. yeah. Cor- no, nothing happened to Cora, and Cora. Yeah. Did he? Did he have a one-year suspension or no? Yes. Yeah. Okay. In the it was the COVID year, so right. Mm-hmm. You know what? Whatever. But uh, but Cora was part of that Astros team, and he was part of the 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 Red Sox team that was also there. There's proof of them cheating through the playoffs in the year that they won the World Series. Like it. If you're gonna if you're gonna make if you're gonna do the witch hunt and make Carlos out to be you know, the the pariah of everything uh-huh. and and he can't get a job in baseball now as as a manager when he when he had that locked down with the Mets but you say it's okay for Alex Cora that, that, no, no, that I, doesn't Alex, make any sense to me. I'll, I'll make it yeah. clear Alex is just as guilty or more guilty than Carlos so I'm not saying that yeah yeah no I know I, 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 right I yeah just, I'm not I'm not saying that you were I'm just saying like, I I don't get it and that's why and that's why to your point Matt like that's what makes Manfred look so bad it's because like we we are trying to sift through who's the worst person who cheated more like all of these people if 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 it was really that big a deal if baseball really cared they should have just washed them out of the game they they shouldn't be allowed back in the game but obviously they don't care because all of them are back in the game except for carlos beltran who hopefully will get a chance to get back into coaching but and you want to know what's insane is Pete Rose is banned for life and has been for decades for gambling on baseball. He didn't do any like egregious cheating in the game. He just made, he bet his own money on what he thought results would be like, I don't know. Well, that, I mean, they're, they're both, they both call into the question, the integrity of the game. Okay. Fair. But like, to me, there are still degrees here cheating in your actual game you're playing in. And betting, and and he wasn't like throwing games, right? He didn't bet on his team to lose. I don't think he was throwing games. That's yeah, one thing. If that was what had happened, okay, that's that's a huge issue. That's just as bad as the other cheating we're talking about. But like, where it, it's 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 not logically consistent. It doesn't make any sense. Where is yeah, the line that's here? Exactly. Why, that's exactly. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why is Pete Rose banned for fucking life? Uh, but like Hinch and Cora are fine. Um, it's uh, and anybody else, right? Anybody else who has been, I don't know. I, well, I, well I think and again, I'm not saying this is a good reason that Hinch and Cora shouldn't be banned for life, but I'm saying for the, the betting standpoint, you don't want to ever say one set of betting is okay. Like, you don't want to start down the path of like, well, that betting is okay, sure, but that but betting like, isn't like, yeah, so that's fair. That, that's why they have for to life, be, though. No, and again, I don't think so. I mean, I think, frankly, 
I think what Steinbrenner did in the eighties for Dave Winfield is worse than what Pete Rose yes. did, but, yes. but, you know, he's an owner and he, you know, probably circle jerked with the commissioner back then and paid was, lots of money. Yeah. yeah was it Faye back then. Right. Uh, Faye Vincent. It, was, it was, it was, yeah. Faye, it was Vincent who um, yeah. suspended him. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, have some, some on the table dealings. And it was actually, uh, it was actually the other owners that got him back in. Poof. Yeah. So crazy yeah wow all right anything else we got As aaron rogers is single again to all our lady listeners go and date aaron rogers <laughs> thank god he's a fucking quack he is yeah. a quack. wasted he, wasted can, talent but also an overrated he can throw a football though that, that's that, that's that's strong words coming from a team with Daniel Jones as their quarterback. <laughs> Same team that uh, has beaten you in the playoffs multiple times that's on their right. way to a Super Bowl where a certain Eli Manning took home Super Bowl MVP honors, not once, but twice. That's true. This is true. Yeah, these are facts. These are facts. facts. I'm not disputing those facts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So good. Never right. gets old. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to go down the overrated path, then, um, I mean, we can say Saquon. So don't, don't even start that. <laughs> we uh, got one, one season left to figure talent, it out. Generation one season left talent, to figure it out. Talent of our generation. One season left to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but his line is bad. So what? Historically bad. So, yeah. Historically so what? If bad. he was a generational talent, he'd live with it. Oh my God, Jesus Christ! Well, we'll do this another time. Yeah, man. before this gets too yeah. nasty, let's <laughs> we love each other. We do. We do, boys. All yeah. right. <laughs>